Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S, the place to hear stories of heart-driven women creatively living free. Our episodes highlight conversations and insights that support the values of self-care, creative and personal freedom, slower living, happiness, health, and wellness to help you live your absolute best life. To be a part of the movement and join the conversation, step inside our free Facebook group, She Heals the World, and say hello. It brings me great joy to bring you our next episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show. Today, I have Sharon Palmer with us. I'm so excited to introduce you to this guest. Sharon is an accomplished writer, blogger, and media expert in plant-based nutrition, cooking, and sustainability. She's authored two books and over 950 articles in a variety of publications, including Better Homes and Gardens, Prevention, and LA Times, as well as her blog that she blogs for every day at the Plant Powered Dietitian. So Sharon lives in the Chaparro Hills overlooking LA with her husband and two sons and enjoys tending to her own organic garden, visiting the local farmer's market every week, and cooking for friends and family. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I mean, you've done so much, and I have so many questions about your background and how you did it, but it seems like the blog was something that really helped your business and your brand take off. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about maybe that story of what it was like to get started and actually create this empire that you've built now where you have this successful blog and all these subscribers, which led to book deals. And how, how did you actually put it all together so that it was able to support you? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, for me, it started with the journalism. So I started writing for magazines and newspapers. Um, that was the beginning of, of this whole thing. Um, and then, you know, I started writing more regularly and then I, I, um, was offered an editorial position. So I was offered editor of environmental nutrition, a health publication. And so that was really kind of my entry into this. And then that led me to other editorial projects and writing my first two books. And, you know, as I was writing my first book, I really had to, really face the fact that I needed to have this communication with a community. I needed to really connect with a community. So that's really when I started my blog, it kind of went hand in hand with my first book, The Plant Powered Diet, because it was really an expression of what I was passionate about is that everybody could find a plant-based diet that worked for them and that they can gain powerful benefits. So I wanted, I envisioned that my blog could be a resource that, you know, kind of this community for people who are interested in plant-based diets, and it could be any type of plant-based diet, but they would find resources and it would always be reliable. It would always be science-based, but it would help them live this really healthful, positive lifestyle. So the blog was in, was kind of this extra arm to the book. And did you think, or did you find that the book helped? to drive traffic to the blog so that it kind of gave you that boost of a community that's excited about your work? Or was it more like a grassroots thing where you had the blog and you had to like email friends and family and say, I have this blog, please send it to people so that everyone comes and visits me. You know, how did you get those first few subscribers and people really excited about it? Yeah, it kind of grew together. I would say that my book and my blog kind of grew hand in hand. And then I started, you know, I 
because I write so much, um, and now it's so much on the internet, you know, it used to be, I wrote mostly for print publication and now it seems like most of my writing ends up on a website or something. And I've now I've been quoted a lot in the media. So mm-hmm. people will find me in that way too. Maybe they'll, I get interviewed, um, by CNN or something like that. And then people will find, find resources. Um, so it's just this combination of things like, people organically will find find our community or they they've read the books and then they find the the blog but it's it's just kind of this um community type thing where it all helps it all feeds in together and they all support each other so Mm -hmm. it's an interesting thing how it's come together and um you know i hear from a lot of people every day you know that are um it's it's really exciting Uh, um yesterday somebody in my community um, prepared one of my recipes and took a picture and shared it over Instagram. And I just love that because, you know, it was, she did such a beautiful job with that recipe. And, and it really makes mm-hmm. me feel great that on a Sunday night, you know, there's somebody eating a healthful diet and, and that it's delicious and the family is getting together. So it, it's all great, great stuff. Right. Totally. Absolutely. It, it, it feels like you enjoy that. And I think, um, you know, most people that are listening, they're probably looking for that thing that they enjoy too. You know, is it the the media part? Do they gravitate to that to get their message out there? Is it the writing? Is it the journalism? Is it the joy of bringing people together? And it just feels so authentic for you that like that's your thing and you love and get pleasure out of seeing people um, engage and get results from from your work. When you first put everything together, what hurdles did you experience that may have or could have discouraged you or might discourage other potential listeners that are thinking of starting and launching their own business, whether it's as a dietitian or a health coach or nutritionist, what hurdles would you advise them of? Well, I know it's, it takes a lot of time. You know, the blog really takes a lot of time. And I always say it's a labor of love because it's really hard to kind of have some, any financial support, that's coming from your blog. It's really an investment of you. It's an extension of you. So you really have to set aside that time, um, you know, and, and consider it, you know, find a way to, to allocate that time to yourself um, while still being able to maintain all the things that you need to do to make your life go on. You know, it can just be one of these things that just takes up so much of your time. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's important if people are really interested in, kind of thinking about starting their own blog. I love that way that you can start your own idea and no matter how many people are following it, it's just a great way to communicate and, and do something that you're passionate about, get your voice out there. Um, but it, mm-hmm. I think people will really underestimate how much time it takes, although it's getting easier now that anybody can do it. You don't have to be a programmer or hire people these days, um, but mm-hmm. it does take time. And the quality of these blogs out there is just mind boggling. So really in order to make your blog, you know, stand out a little bit, it's like you have to really kind of up your game in terms of the quality of your photos, which is really fun. It's very creative to to try to learn more about all these things, you know. Uh but mm-hmm. there are a lot of things when it comes to just really um allowing yourself to have that time to invest into it. it's really important. Mhm mhm. Now I was reading somewhere that you are up to like almost 40,000 subscribers on your blog now. 
which is awesome. Congratulations. And, um, Thank you. I'm wondering for the, for the folks that may be just starting now and in light of Instagram and Facebook and all these other platforms, do you feel like blogging is still the way to go to, to build a following? Or would you advise them to kind of go the traditional route that you did, which was go through the media first, build a name for yourself, maybe publish your first book traditionally, and then from there you can kind of do the social media thing. Uh, I guess I guess the question that I'm trying to get to is, is blogging dead? Is blogging dead today? Yeah. Or, or can people pick it up and still create success and a following to get their message and their movement out there? I still think that blogs, there's room for blogs to grow. I do think that the thing that really sets a blog apart is to have a, have a niche or your own voice. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like for me, I was able to really be the dietitian that stepped forward in this plant-based area. So that was my niche. And mm-hmm. if you can find something that's a little unique about your voice or what you're doing, I think that there's room for lots of beautiful blogs. Um, and of course, social media is huge, but I see blogs as really your anchor. And the way I work, my blog is the anchor. And I'm all over social mm-hmm. media. But if you know, social media is about these really um, immediate sorts of pieces of information and and photos and that kind of thing. But it's hard to really share any amount of substance. So I always, you know, I have my anchor of the information and the resources on my blog where I have the luxury of putting up, you know, pages of information. And then I'm using um, social media just to communicate it with uh, people. Like if I if I develop a new recipe... I post the picture on social media and link everybody back so they can actually get the recipe on the blog. So I really see that, you know, the blog is is important for that um, when people want mm-hmm. that backup of information. But mm-hmm. social media is just, you know, just taking off too. Of course, Instagram is just so huge and videos, all the all of this is getting so important too. But I I do think there's there's space for a well written, beautiful blogs with a unique perspective. That's a really great way of putting that. So I know you have some things to share with our audience who are wondering, how do I incorporate more plant-based foods into my diet so that I can improve my health or lose weight? And so I would love for you to give us your tips. I mean, you can't come here and not give us the goodies when it comes to your work uh, regarding incorporating a plant-based diet in your life. So what tips do you have for us as it relates to keeping in shape using a vegetarian or plant-based approach? Yeah, well, um, in the last three decades, we have so much research on the benefits of a plant-based diet. I mean, it's really taking off. Um, with these beautiful studies, large studies over many years and now in different countries. And they're, it's pretty consistently showing that if you eat a plant-based diet, that you um, will have a lower risk of obesity, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, cancer, and then even some benefits perhaps like uh, reduced risk of Alzheimer's disease. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of benefits of eating a plant-based diet, and a lot of people are really interested in the health, the benefits of, of a healthy weight. So that uh, it's very consistent in the literature that people who eat a plant-based diet weigh less without even really trying. It's not like they're on a weight loss diet. It's just that the plant-based diet naturally lends itself to uh, a healthier weight maintenance. So one of the things that is fabulous about a plant-based diet is that it's high in fiber. 
And the research shows that fiber is probably one of the best ways uh, um, to to keep your weight down because fiber is a very satiating nutrient, meaning that it makes you feel really full. So when you eat a high fiber diet, you feel really full. So you're just naturally satisfied and you eat less. Um, So a a plant-based diet is really high in fiber because plants are the only things that have fiber. And if you're eating a really healthy uh, plant-based diet, with lots of whole grains and legumes, pulses, which are like beans and lentils and peas, um, vegetables, nuts and seeds, and you're just packing your diet with fiber. So that's one of the big tips uh, is fiber. Um, the other thing is when you're eating a plant-based diet, if you eat a lot of whole foods, the things I just talked about, things like whole grains like quinoa or farro or barley, and the pulses, things like lentils or black beans or edamame, um, um, chickpeas, and nuts and seeds, things like almonds or pistachios um, or walnuts, and lots of vegetables. I recommend six vegetables a day, um, at least mm. six half-cup servings. Fruits, herbs and spices, all these whole plant foods, these really are the foundation of a plant-based diet. And when you're eating the whole foods versus the processed, so what we're talking about is eating that uh, a, a whole apple instead of apple chips or or apple juice or you know when you mm-hmm. eat the whole foods um, it you're really gaining that sense of satiety that uh, sense of fullness with fewer calories so that can also help um, help you maintain a healthy weight and then these mm-hmm. if you're eating these whole plant foods that we're talking about they're naturally low in fat. There aren't a lot of sources of fat in nature in the plant world. The only ones would be like avocados, nuts and seeds and olives, and then some of the tropical things like coconuts. So, the, you know, the plant-based diet is naturally low in fat. Not that we're, I'm, I recommend a low-fat diet, but it's, but it's naturally lower in fat, uh, the density of the, those types of uh, macronutrients. So it tends to be lower in calories, again, helping you uh, maintain a healthy weight. So, and then, um, the other thing that's, that's really great in terms of the weight benefit of a plant-based diet is the volume of food you get to eat. So when you eat a plate full of plants, you can just pile it high for a relatively low amount of calories. So if you think of vegetables having only about 25 calories in a serving, and I'm, you know, I'm recommending at least a couple servings at each meal, and then, you know, you have your pulses and your whole grains, you can just have this piled high plate, very satiating, very high volume with lower calories. So these are some of the reasons why a plant-based diet is linked with lower weight. So that's when it comes right down to it, I just recommend focusing on all of these whole foods rather than the highly processed foods. And I always tell Mm -hmm. people um, to not think about plant-based eating um, as just putting that one little scoop of peas or corn on your plate. That's not <laughs> enough. I mean, people that right. people have to go beyond that. They should have two different kinds of vegetables and soup and a salad and then maybe some snow peas with hummus for your snack. I mean, it's really piling on the vegetables. And Americans, only 9% of Americans are meeting their vegetable requirement. So you, this is wow. a huge issue. Um and it takes an effort, but once you really start eating that way, you, it's such a vibrant, colorful way to eat that, that you really start getting addicted to eating that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you feel, yeah, you get addicted and you feel so much clearer. Um, you know, the first thing I noticed when I started 
starting my day with um, eggs and some chopped asparagus was that like my brain fog completely went away. I was more focused and I felt like, oh my goodness, did I take some kind of multivitamin? I have all this energy, but it was just a result from having protein and vegetables and probably mostly the vegetables that gave me that extra boost that helped me yeah. to, to focus. So I totally get that. So I know there are going to be people who want to geek out on this and who also are just everydayers who are like, I, I need to incorporate more veggies into my life. I need to live a more plant-based lifestyle. How can people find you to really go a bit deeper with this? Well, you can uh, start out with my blog, The Plant Powered Dietitian, and you can sign up for my free newsletter um, and to stay in, in touch with what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And I, of course, my books, you can read about my books on my blog as well. Um, I have a lot of free resources. I have some challenges, like if you want to take a two-week challenge, you can find that on my blog, um, like a plant-based challenge where uh, I give you tips for two weeks in a row to kind of help kickstart a plant-based diet. So I have a lot of resources um, and you can also follow me on social media, Twitter, um, Facebook or Instagram under Sharon Palmer RD or um, Facebook is Sharon Palmer, the plant powered dietitian. So um, I'm out there and you can find a lot of uh, my resources that might help you get started. Beautiful, beautiful Sharon. Thank you so much for all of this information. As we close, If you could give yourself any piece of advice 10 years ago, what would it be? (laughs) That is such a good question. (laughs) Well, I think I would say don't sweat the small stuff and it all, you know, sometimes you find yourself worrying about things so much and in the scope of things that probably really didn't matter that much. Just be kinder Mm -hmm. to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't sweat the small stuff. Thank you so much, Sharon, for coming on the talk show today. It was a pleasure to have you, and I hope to someday have you back. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'd love to. This episode was brought to you by Fearless and Free. Fearless and Free is my online training program that teaches women entrepreneurs and aspiring course creators how to create, launch, and profit from your first online course. Online courses have produced tremendous freedom in my business, and I would love to share my technique and strategy with you. If you are interested in launching a profitable online program, visit SheHealsTheWorld.com forward slash freebie to grab your free tool sheet that brings you behind the scenes on all the tools that I use to run my online practice. Thanks for listening in. Lots of love. See you in the Facebook group.